So how about we uh, take out our Bibles and we're going to open up to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7 this morning. I'm going to pray and then we'll uh, launch into it. So Father, as we just uh, come to this point in our service of opening up your word, Lord, what a privilege and a joy that is. Thank you, Lord, that your word is living and active. I pray that your word would go forth this morning and accomplish that which you desire, Lord. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, you would give us open hearts to hear what you would say to us today, Lord God. And Lord, may our hearts be turned towards you. That in the midst of this Christmas season, our focus and our attention, Lord, would be upon you. We welcome your Holy Spirit in this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So unless you've been hiding away somewhere, the signs of Christmas are all around us. Whether that's carols, whether that's presents, whether that's just the busyness of all sorts of events and things at this time of year, whether it's the Christmas lights, displays, or shopping, all those kind of things, of course, over here. Perhaps not so much the weather. That's not pointing to the sign, unless you're dreaming of a white Christmas, perhaps this last week, it's been pretty cold. (laughs) But all these things point us towards the fact that it is the Christmas season. And signs are important, aren't they? Signs are important, and paying attention to and following signs is important too. Have anyone here, has anyone here ever had one of those moments where you're like, you know what? I wish I'd paid attention to that sign. Well, my wife and I, very early on in our marriage, we had one of these moments where uh, about a month or two into being married, the car that we had, the, the, the one car that we had decided that it had lived a good life and it no longer wanted to be around anymore. And so we needed to find a new car. And thankfully, we were able to borrow one for a few weeks from family who were overseas at the time, but they were due to get back that kind of the the weekend that was coming up, so we needed to find a car. So we'd searched and we'd prayed, and we found one that that looked like the right one for us in Wollongong, just kind of at the coast. So we decided when we found this car that we wanted to, to go and put a deposit down if it was indeed the right one, and so we finished work and we drove straight down to Wollongong after work. So we saw the car was the right one, we put a deposit down on it, and while we were there, we did the woolly shop, as you do, because we didn't get to do that when we were, kind of, we would have done it that evening, but we were down the coast, we did the woolly shop, and by the time we left, it was kind of getting late in the evening. We were driving home, and we needed to take the turn at Picton Road, which takes you up and back onto the highway back to Canberra. And we were there chatting away, and at that stage, maybe they've kind of re-signed it now, but at that stage anyway, the sign towards Picton Road was not very clear, it wasn't very big, it wasn't very prominent. So we were driving along and we kind of caught a glimpse of this sign and it was kind of one of those things where, I, th- oh, I think that was where we were meant to turn. Oh, it's too late now. 
And I, I, I was like, well, that's okay. We'll take the next exit and turn around. Well, the problem is on that road, as you head from Wollongong to Sydney, I didn't know this at the time, but I do now, there is actually no other exits. So we had to drive all the way to Sydney late at night and then turn around and drive all the way back to Canberra. And we got home the early hours of the morning, pretty exhausted, and got up and went to work the next day. But all that to say, now when we drive to Sydney or past Sydney or wherever, we always see and take notice of the sign to Picton Road. We always like, oh, Picton Road. Do you remember that night? We always see and notice and pay attention to that particular sign. The title of my message today is Pay Attention to the Sign. And what I have on my heart is an encouragement for us in this Christmas season. In the midst of the many signs pointing us to Christmas, there is something that we should not gloss over, something that we should be giving our attention to. And there are some things that Christmas points us to that are so significant for us that I don't want us to miss. And as we look through Scripture, God, of course, is a God who reveals himself, who makes himself known, who often provides signs to his people to reveal something, to point them to himself. We could go all the way back to to Genesis with the flood and the sign of the rainbow pointing us towards his faithfulness and his promises. We could look at Moses in Egypt, the, the great signs that pointed to God's power and the people to himself. And if we think of a sign, the purpose of a sign is, of course, to reveal something or to point us towards something or somewhere, or in this morning's case, to point us towards someone. And perhaps the most significant or well-known sign was related to the most important birth in all of history. Let's read together just one verse out of Isaiah chapter 7 is our starting point today. Verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So in this particular point in Israel's history, the Lord was speaking prophetically to his people at a difficult time. And of course, the ultimate fulfillment of this scripture is in the birth of Jesus. And so this verse, and along with the account in Luke chapter 2, which we will turn to a little bit later this morning, that says, this will be a sign to you. These two verses have been resonating in my heart for this message this morning. And so when we read, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And when we read the angels proclaiming to the shepherds, this will be a sign to you, we should sit up and take notice and stop and pay attention. And I believe we should reflect on what this sign reveals and what it is pointing us to this Christmas. So just a few encouragements for us this morning. In the midst of all the signs of Christmas, the sign that we must pay attention to points us to a God who is with us. In this verse we've just read, it says, Behold, behold, it's like 
It's saying, pay attention. Listen up. Take note of this. This is the sign. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, the God who would come to dwell with us. As it says in John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us. And it's important for us to understand the significance of this. And so to do this, we could ask, you know, what's in a name? What's in a name? And certainly in the the culture of, of the day, the Jewish culture and biblical times, names were so significant because the names reflected the character, the person, what they were like, what their parents had proclaimed over them by naming them so. And if you knew their name, you knew what they were like because of the meaning and the connotations behind the name. So the name of this child, this promised one, Emmanuel, literally means God with us. Or the Hebrew word for this phrase, with us God is. And so for the, for the people of God, the Israelites, their view or understanding of God and of what God's presence looked like was the tabernacle, was the holy of holies, was God could contain to that particular place. But the sign given here points to one who would come and change everything. One who would come and be God in their midst. And it's easy to gloss over this truth that there is a God, this one and only God who is with us, who saw fit not to just leave us in our mess and our sinful state, but to come and draw near, to dwell with us. And so when we consider this sign and what it points to, we are reminded of a God who is with us in the midst of the the pain and the despair. We're reminded of a God who is with us on the mountaintop when the world's all as it should be. We're reminded of a God who is with us in the winter seasons, the times of barrenness, the times even when we begin to wonder, God, where are you? We're reminded... We're pointed towards in this Christmas season a God who is with us, bringing hope and peace and joy and helping us to see more clearly his kingdom, his ways and his power. We're reminded of a God who is with us in our loneliness. Hebrews 13 says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He's not a God who leaves us alone to try and figure things out in our mess our sin and our brokenness. He is a God who understands. He is a God who helps us. He's not a distant God, but one who desires relationship. He is the one who came to dwell with us. And we can know his presence with us. Not just confined when we're here at church, church, in moments of worship, in times of being together here, but we can know him, his presence with us, In the day-to-day, the mundane, the ordinary, the extraordinary, and everything in between. And I don't want us to miss the beauty and significance of this, this Christmas season. the, the, The truth that there is a God who is with us. Second thing I want to encourage us in this morning 
in the midst of all the signs of Christmas, the sign that we must pay attention to, points us to a God who is faithful. He is a promise-making, promise-keeping God. It says, The virgin shall conceive and, get, and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 1? And amazingly, this prophetic promise and declaration came some 700 years prior to its fulfillment. This, of course, in Matthew chapter 1, where Joseph is, is considering the predicament that he's, he's in, and the angel of the Lord appears to him in verse 20 and says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken. And I love that phrase, and it's, we see it on a few different occasions, particularly here in Matthew's Gospel, that this took place to fulfill. This took place to, to bring to pass, to accomplish, to complete, if you like, that which the Lord had spoken. And the scholars believe that there are some 300 Old Testament prophecies specifically about Jesus. Signs revealing something or pointing to the Messiah and his coming. And in his life and his ministry and his death and resurrection, he, every one of those was fulfilled. So for us this morning, in an ever-changing world and in the midst of the uncertainty of life, in the midst of wars and rumors of wars, in the midst of you know, inflation and cost of living and all those things that may be going on around us, what Christmas points us to is a God who is faithful, who can be trusted, who fulfills and brings to completion that which he has promised. And you know, it may look a little bit different than what perhaps we imagined or what we might like or expect, just like it probably looked a little bit different for God's people and what they expected from their Messiah. And it may not be quite according to the timeline or deadline that we might set. 700 years is a long time. But the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. May we remember at this Christmas, and always of course, the faithfulness of the Lord. Because that is something that we can hold on to and anchor our lives to. This one who is faithful. Finally this morning, what I believe the, the Lord is, is, is wanting to emphasize and remind ourselves in the midst of all the in the midst of all the signs of Christmas, there is a sign that we must pay attention to, and it points us. To Jesus, the one who is Savior and Lord. Can we turn again over to Luke chapter 2? We're going to land here this morning. We'll read from verse 10. 
The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The unmistakable sign of the Christmas season is Jesus. This sign given to the shepherds was unmistakable and unmissable. I'm sure there are plenty of babies wrapped in swaddling cloths, but one in a manger. And the sign of the manger revealed something and pointed to something of the nature of Jesus and his life and his mission and his ministry and his message. It pointed to the fact that he he came humbly. The king of glory coming as a baby. The manger pointed to the fact that he came simply. Can't get much less of a glorious arrival than being placed in a feeding trough. He came in a way that was unexpected, in a way that, well, we could say, in other words, that his ways are higher than our ways. And he came in the midst of the mess. And this was the sign, a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. But the angels had just given the proclamation of the good news just prior to this. The sign would reveal and would point to and would confirm that which they just proclaimed. And this was the proclamation. It was good news of great joy for all the people. And it was this, that there is born to you this day one who is both Savior and Lord. And this is just as significant for us today as it was on the night of that proclamation. And one we would do well to consider and pay attention to afresh this morning. For in the midst of all that Christmas has become, there is a call for us to not miss the sign, to miss what Christmas is actually all about and revealing and pointing us to the unmistakable sign of Jesus, the one who is Savior and Lord. And I love that phrase, that proclamation, because they start with Savior, the one for whom or in whom our greatest need is met, being saved from our sins, the sin that separates us from right relationship with God. Christ was born to rescue us from our sin and its most costly result, spiritual death and separation from God. But another aspect of this that I believe we cannot gloss over is that it's also proclaimed as Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. He is Lord, Savior and 
Lord, and we love hearing about Savior. And that is, of course, wonderful, the one who came to bring salvation, to save us from our sins. That is wonderful, and we should celebrate and forever give thanks to the Lord. But perhaps less awkward or less popular to talk about is the fact that he is also Lord. Yet at Christmas, that is what it points us to and we, what we must remember and pay attention to, the one who is both Savior and Lord. And this particular Greek word used here for Lord, it refers to a person exercising absolute ownership rights. The one to whom a person or a thing belongs, the owner or possessor, or possessor, all that is encapsulated in this word for Lord. And so it means for us that he is the only one worthy to be the leader and the supreme authority in our lives. Not just some aspects of our lives. Not just, you know, this part of our life, but no, Lord, I'll, I'll, not that part. Don't go there every part of our lives. And that as we consider that this Christmas and beyond that, hopefully, Savior and Lord, that, that all of a sudden we, we perhaps begin to, to readjust or reorient our lives around him and his lordship and who he is. One commentary puts it this way. No person can truly have Jesus as Savior while not submitting to his lordship. That is to say, he must be both the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our lives. Can I get the worship team just to come up at this point, please? So this morning, will we pay attention to what Christmas is pointing us to? Beyond the presence the food, the gatherings, all those things which are not, of course, bad in and of themselves. But beyond those things, I pray that we would see Jesus. And I pray even that we might stop and reflect on Jesus and the degree to which he is Lord of our lives. That if we look at the picture of our lives, if you like, where is Jesus in that picture? Is he front and center, or is he somewhere there on the periphery? So our response this morning, when we hear the words, this will be a sign to you. May we stop and pay attention to what Christmas is revealing and what it is pointing us to. And in the midst of all everything else that may be going on around us, in the midst of all the other signs of Christmas, it can be easy just to kind of be going along and, oh, I think that was the sign I was meant to take. That was the turn I was meant to take. It's easy to gloss over or miss it. Oh, yeah, God's with us. God's faithful. Jesus is saving. No. Or we can respond as the shepherds did. They said, Let us go and see. Let us go and see. Let us go and give our attention to to this that has just been proclaimed to us. This morning, 
as we approach Christmas in the coming week. May we pay attention to the sign. May we pay attention to what it is pointing us to. The God who is with us. The God who is faithful. And Jesus, the one who is Savior and Lord. And as we go from here this morning and into our week, may we remember those things. May we grab hold of those things afresh. And in the midst of the day-to-day life, perhaps Christmas is a hard or difficult time, I'm not sure. Remember and grab hold of that. God is with us. God is faithful. He is the one who is Savior.